All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. And Jake, uh, we're coming to you talking to somebody today. Jake, who who are we talking to? This is Karen, and uh, we came across her through Deborine Publishing, right? And uh, she has a book out, and we're going to talk to her about that. Um, So Karen is a wife uh, of 14 years to Drew and a mother of five. They have recently uh, been given by the father an 1880 farmhouse, which they're slowly restoring uh, in, in Richmond, Virginia on five acres. So uh, that's kind of a little bit about her background, but we're going to let her actually do some of the background talking. So <laughs> I, I think my first question will kind of get us going. How's that sound, Matt? Yep. Sounds like a plan. All right. So now we could do a whole episode on this, but so we'll try to keep it brief. But what is your background and what was kind of the catalyst that got you into Torah? Um, actually, it's fairly recent to be very um, diligent to pursue that part of the word (laughs) Mm -hmm. just because um the word pursued me first uh back in 2017 i want to say and i um he just started teaching me as the word himself and um because i grew up understanding like hearing the bible um weekly and actually bi-weekly uh but we were part of a conservative christian group and i didn't actually the Torah wasn't taught as a, um, something that needed to be obeyed. And, um, after probably well after he started teaching me himself, I just becoming more concerned with what he thought and, um, desiring him and becoming the bride that actually takes care to prepare herself for the groom according to his household rules um, and understanding those and why he might desire those things in his bride. um, Those things became something that I cared to pursue and seek to honor. Um, Not for any like religious reasons, because he had already exposed to me just how uh, religion and self-indulgence are just two sides of the same coin. And so I, I didn't want any part of a movement I didn't want to be a part of um, something that just because other people were. So I was trying to be very careful and I'm, I still see some like very sticky <laughs> situations that come from even Torah observance, just because people can get dogmatic even about that. Um, and so I don't want to be, I don't want to be sectarian. I, you know, I know a lot of really um, people, Christians who who do desire um, to know the Lord. And yet, you know, religion has really confused a lot of folks to um, just misunderstand the word himself. And so my desire is to seek, um, seek to turn people to heart, the heart toward desiring his way um, so that he can teach them. Um, and, that they would be led by that desire and not necessarily by the letter of the, the Torah, because it doesn't start there, you know, as you can see through Pharisees and stuff, it doesn't start necessarily through um, forcing obedience. It, it starts through a desire to seek his word. Right. Yeah. I think that's a good point. And uh, I think that's very similar to how uh, my wife and I got started was, you know, on her end because, she had very similar, you know, she just wanted to be uh, more, more pure, a, a more pure bride, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. so she did a woman of God study with my sister and that kind of evolved into things. So it was very interesting. Yeah. Well, it's something that you said um, that I read. And so um, it talked about how you kind of came in to Torah through food and a lot of people come through um, 
different ways, but and, and did I read that right? Does that is that kind of what you were saying? That's that's what got you there was through the food. Yeah, just he he began to instruct me. So he kind of introduced himself as the word, um, and so my entrance into so I, this was before I felt convict fully convicted on um, like the the rules for not the rules the instructions for his children. Um, on food, but he described to me, you know, what, what makes the thing truly good is that Abba is offering it, Abba himself. And if he's not, then it's not a good thing. Um, and that seeing that I was just, I, I wanted to understand, I didn't necessarily have to know why he didn't de desire that his children eat, not eat, um, mice, like obvious, that's kind of obvious. Um, but we had pigs already, and I was like, I, I have no interest in eating pigs after watching them. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. And so it, for that, those things weren't like, oh, I have to let go of that. That was just not a desire that I had, mostly because my desire for him um, instructed me to consume according to his word and his desire and what he called good. Like, it just wasn't there. It wasn't in the scripture and I wasn't feeling like an affirmation that um, the, he had ever called those things good things. And so I, I used his word or I received his word as um, my guideline for what I wanted to consume. And I don't know, those <laughs> the um, the other it's the other Torah instructions that I had not really perceived as strongly just because he hadn't laid those part those other things on my heart. And so only recently have I made relationships with folks who um, took more seriously like Shabbat. And, and actually he had been speaking to me for, we had started a homestead and we were just grinding through the weekends and we're getting almost nowhere and losing so many livestock, um, just so much sacrifice just because we were stubborn probably. Um, and when I finally released that and he spoke, he kept speaking every Saturday, Sabbath, Sabbath, Sabbath. And I was just kind of ignoring it. But then I confronted my own desire to keep my own routine. And I was like, you know what? It's up to me. The, the woman is really the one who has to prepare for Sabbath. And even if my husband isn't convicted to observe Torah necessarily, because we both had a really Christian upbringing, um, I can I can do what I can. Um, and I want to honor Abba by doing that. And so um, we've started doing that. And it's it's tricky just because we don't know. Uh, our families um, don't understand oh, yeah. why right. at all. Um, yeah. And most of our friends. We so understand. like, <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, our family yeah. doesn't understand either. <laughs> yeah, 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 they kind of uh, understand for a minute and then they kind of forget and. Uh, and it's hard. It's it's yeah. tough. So, um, so Jake. But at some point, I do have some slides I put together. I think we need to go there for a second. Okay. So I'm going to switch off of this, and hopefully, this works the way I think it will. We shall see. I think you got it. So. We did we talk about the name of the book, Karen? What's the name of the book? Why we eat. Why we eat. So I felt like <laughs> we needed to make sure that yeah. we showed that and yeah. had a picture of it. It's a beautiful cover. How, uh, did you make the cover? I did. Uh, yeah. You, you did so originally job. it was called something entirely different, and I was pushing and pushing and pushing to get it going, and the spirit spoke that phrase to me, and I was like, "Yeah, that's a better that's a better word." And <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited yeah. about how it turned out. The cover. Yeah, good. So I'm not. I'm afraid to move off of it. So I'm going to stay with it. <laughs> so this is you, and uh, did you say this was your youngest, or? It's my third. So the, third. she's the middle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this was the season that I was. It, it was the word was working in me a lot in that. So it's a very special time. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's partly why I chose that. All right, so and we put her bio in here. If you uh, wanted to pause that, you could read uh, in more detail about uh, about that. And Deborah Publishing is 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 published the book, and so 
um, before you ask your next next question. I had this one. So oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. So I pulled this uh, as a piece out of um, so your book. Well, like I googled you, and that's that's what we do. And um, <laughs> so I, I think I can show that. Can now if I can, can you see that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, you've got a website called this is a good thing dot one and you have recipes there and uh, mm-hmm. so i went and kind of checked that out and also um googled you and found uh, i believe i found you like in target and all kinds of places selling this book and i also found online that you have it in ebook form and this mm-hmm. is a section that i pulled online uh, on the ebook form and so you talked talked about bread here, and so it says the truth. All the adjective bakers aim for is fluffy, air tender, melt in your mouth, flaky bread. It was never supposed to be any of those things. So I was kind of curious about about what you're saying here, and um, you go on to talk about how commercial food is a poison, and uh, I truly uh, agree with what you're saying here and uh, and that's something i wanted to hear more about you uh, kind of explain uh, this passage here mm-hmm. sure um so i don't i think that was actually on a, a instagram post or something oh. but um because the word just recently spoke it and it was since the since the book was published but it's it's true and um so most bread that you'll find in the store um, or in bakeries, they're aiming for a particular product that is very palatable and it's often sweet um, because none of the sugars have been eaten by the leaven. Um, and so it rises by a falsehood. Um, it makes itself, it's, it's using commercial leaven. It becomes fluffy without the time and the, um, the effect the, the effect that causes bread to be um, worthwhile, <laughs> worth eating. Um, but as they called the bread in ancient times, the staff of life, it was literally what they existed on. And um, uh, it, a staff is something that should support your life, um, support your body. And um, what I found to be true is that receiving bread as it's made to be is very supportive and very nourishing um but it's most of what people call bread now is um for the pleasure and because it's separating most of the well most of the nourishing components out of that flour to create a lighter and fluffier product that is more appealing but that is sugar and it's toxic to your body. <laughs> yeah, and it's something about the uh, difference between simple carbohydrates and complex exactly. carbohydrates mm-hmm. and simple com- simple convert into sugar instantly and mm-hmm. you and the bread you're talking about has more complex and more sustaining and uh and it has a direct tie-in clearly to the bread of life. Mhm. Yeah, and he revealed so many different mysteries through just the 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 lengthy process of leavening, of true leavening, um, and how it not only rises the loaf, but it um, breaks down the acids that are actually, so those acids will break, well, inside of your body. If you if you take um, whole grain flour from the store and you or, you, or you buy a whole wheat loaf of bread, you're going to get a fast version of whole grain bread and it is actually going to rob your body of nutrients because it's not been truly leavened. Um, the leaven as it works over, you know, 12 hours, it actually breaks down the acids on the outside of the grain that, um, protect the grain from sprouting too soon. And if your body receives those things, um, or if the, if the acids go into your body, they'll, they'll act protective inside of there and they'll start grabbing up um, minerals and things out of your your body and bind them and so you're actually losing nourishment by eating things that are not truly um leavening le- uh, or leavened yeah, so I, I believe that 100 percent. you know during this passover and the feast of unleavened bread i became really convicted that uh, that he cared about what i ate even more i mean clearly those of us in torah we know that uh we're supposed to eat clean but but, but I think that you can, one can argue 
Um, I don't know that I can argue for sure out of scripture at this point, but but I do think an argument can be made that commercial processed food is unclean. You know, I, I don't think yeah. it's too far of a stretch to say that. And it's hard to admit, you know, it's convenient. It's easy. It's mm-hmm. what, uh, you know, it's hard to get away from it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think there's some truth with, with what that, with what you're getting at there for sure. I thought it was pretty deep and pretty profound. Mm. So do you have another question or do you want me to stay with what I was doing? No, I, yeah, I, I have some more questions. That one, I okay. have one that'll tie in kind of into that, I think. Okay. So, um, recently my wife's been into making bread and from, you know, grinding her own wheat berries and all that stuff. And, uh, it's and so she's learned a lot about about actual bread and how much better it is for you and uh, what actually bread of life is. You could actually just live on bread when it's mm-hmm. when it's whole like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you said an interesting thing in in one of the write ups you sent us about um, a comparison between what's been done with bread and what was done to Messiah on our behalf. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to see if you could kind of elaborate on that. Um, uh, you kind of mentioned what happened with the bread. Can you tie that into Messiah? Um, so I believe that the enemy has wanted to um, disintegrate bread from its from its purpose, so that um, suspicion would arise for like Christ calling him or Messiah calling himself the bread of life, because if everybody's fearful of bread, um, then why wouldn't, why would, why would we want to trust someone who calls himself the bread of life? Right. Um, and so he, he's, um, done a lot of damage to the reputation of bread through its disintegration and, um, and, he plagiarizes things. Yeah. And so when he plagiarizes things, he wants to install his own software and um, create, initiate doubt in something that's truly good so that he can um, steal from the father. Cause that's, you know, his main goal is to take away something that's precious to the Lord. And um, so uh, that's, that's how I kind of tie it in is that his, he wants to destroy the reputation of what the Lord calls good so that we would distrust for one thing, his word, which is Yeshua. <laughs> and also cause, cause like so many people don't even believe that the Lord knows what he's talking about when he says, you know, bread is a good thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and so when you yeah, initiate doubt and milk and things like that, that are truly good things, um, people are fearful of now. Yeah, the way it's uh, been counterfeited, like you said, and plagiarized into uh, now people are, you know, quote unquote, allergic to bread. And it's mm-hmm. uh, I hadn't even thought about uh, using it as a way to to point you away from uh, the idea that Messiah is the bread of life. And well, bread, bread can't sustain you. So why? And yeah. here it's talking and I think, about being sustained yeah. by it. I think also if you think of Christianity in the same way, like you've got disintegrated word um, being used in churches and that turns people away from, you know, it's making them sick and it's making them deconstruct. And they're saying, Oh, the bread, it's not, it's Jesus is not the way. Um, Well, that's because you don't know Yeshua. (laughs) Maybe it's because you don't know the actual word. um, And, you know, you're hearing it filtered down through so many different theologies and doctrines and not actual receiving full bread. <laughs> right. You're essentially following another Messiah at mm-hmm. that point. Yeah, that's well said. Excellent. I had a couple more questions. Maybe, maybe, stay with maybe you. one more and then we can go back okay. to the, okay. Uh, oh yeah. You, this kind of ties in, I think. So one of the things that you said was, I simply want to consume what God has authored. And I think that's quite profound and yet it's a very simple concept. And I think I'm kind of right there with you, I think. So I'll have you kind of elaborate on that. But 
I think too often we get caught up in, you know, the teachings of man and putting our own ideas into what scripture's really trying to say. Right. And then, uh, uh, when really we just need to let it speak for itself and, Mm -hmm. and not, not water it down, not, you know, uh, corrupt it. Um, so is that kind of the idea you're trying to convey with that statement? And then, uh, can you just elaborate on the point there? Um, yeah, in both cases, whether it's food or the word itself or himself, you would want to um, not get a disintegrated form, right? Um, the best thing that you can receive is from the Father's hand. And he made a distinction several years ago between taking and receiving. And the very first thing that happened in the garden was she took something that was not being offered to her. And so the word that has made a distinction for me about food in that if it's being offered by um, the father, I can receive it. Uh, But if I'm taking it for myself, like even if it's a healthy food, um, I can still take just because he's, um, he's always offering what is truly good (laughs) at any given time. And so sometimes as we, pursue, you know, scripture plans, or um, we're like, I want to, I want to do this my way, we're not going to have our ears open to receiving and and I say consuming, but consuming is such a interesting word to me. I I really like the word receiving. Um, But when I say consuming, I would say that I'm speaking about food in general, because I'm putting it in um, to my body consciously. And as the word speaks, I, I receive that. But I'm not like, I'm going to go take that uh, scripture and do what I want with it. So it's like, it's hard. I don't know. It's hard to make a, make a distinction. Well, so like I'm not you sure. Can, you can consume it, but you have to receive it after you've consumed it. Or it doesn't, right. it doesn't really manifest. Right, right. Well, well, I think in the word consume, I mean, it ends in me. And uh, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, oh, yeah. it, is, um, it is more me-centered. And when mm-hmm. you receive somebody somebody is uh you know generally if you receive a gift not that not that that has to be someone in power but mm-hmm. if you're receiving it you're not in the position of power mm-hmm. if that makes sense it's, it's something sense. being offered yeah no, but yeah. he gives us this authority to mm-hmm. put something into our own mouth and that's what he gave to to adam and eve and um they betrayed him you know to because they 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 consumed something that he said that he did not offer and right. so as as I think about what I'm consuming physically, it reminds me. And I think that Yeshua hinted at this. He says, as often as you do this, I really think that if we consider as we're consuming that our bodies belong to him, that our energy is for the purpose of glorifying him and submitting to him and honoring him, then we can't just consume for our own will and our own pleasure. And he does offer pleasure, but he also showed me that like, if you separate pleasure from his true goodness, then you're going to be chasing nothing. You're chasing shadows because pleasure without fullness is nothing. Um, so anyway, so that's, so that's the kind of the why is you're eating in order to have the energy to, to carry out his will then essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, very well said. And then, let's see, my last question can wait till the end. Okay, so we will um, go back over to this, and we kind of had it frozen there for a second. And if I can, there we go. Now it's moving. So you, uh, I pulled this section as well, and it kind of uh, goes along with, uh, you put some uh, scriptures here, and, um, you know, one of the things you wrote here is white identity uh, does a good thing carry. The, the word called each food good. His character, character traits present in his creation echo his word. Food itself is a word from the mouth of God. So maybe explain explain that a little bit, and then you have some scriptures there. Um, yeah, I'm having to open mine because it's hard to see. It's small. 
Um, no, it's okay. I'll. Oh, I'm not on the right page. Oh, there it is. So when he initially gave me this phrase, this is a good thing. Um, I didn't realize how many times it was in the scriptures. Uh, it's everywhere. But I started to realize that that was, that was a phrase that he gave to many, many people. And as I identified that what was being offered by the Father is always truly good. Um, the identity characteristics of a thing itself, um, it must be carried by, by, by something he's offering, right? He's, he's truly good. He is good uh, in nature, and um, there is no unrighteousness in him. There is no lie in him. And so everything that he has authored for our good carries his character traits. And um, when I heard the Shema, and I didn't even know it was called that at the time, um, I, I kept hearing one, um, um, Yahweh, your God is one. That really made an impact because he was showing me as I was milling my grain that if you take a part off of something, it's a robbery. You're, you're, set, you're separating something from itself. And he actually showed me, like, as I was separating my mind from my motherhood through my phone, that was also separating myself um, from myself. And disintegration is death. And so when he showed me that, I was like, okay, the nature of oneness or completeness is present in what he calls good. And um, that kind of gave new meaning to where Yeshua is saying, I and my father are one. And there's it's a completeness um, statement. And um, anyway, so as, as I went down through just the, the ways that he um, identifies what is truly good for our bodies, um, it, can't, it can't hold a lie in it <laughs> because he doesn't lie. It has to carry life because he is life. He offers life, um, the light, the light that something absorbs as it grows. It's it actually has an impact in the body. Um, and, you know, the further you get from that, that state of completeness, the, the more light that is, you know, that the characteristic of light and life in that item, in that food is, is lost. Um, so mm -hmm. it has less capacity to offer satiety is the word he used, um, fullness and, um, the substance. So like the shadow, the shadow versus substance thing um, popped up for me is something that is not offering fullness. Um, you have to cons keep consuming it. And it's, and it's a shadow. It's like you're chasing something that you can't fill you. Um, so substantial things can fill you to the degree that you don't keep having to eat more and more and more of it. Like you can eat an entire potato chip bag and still feel um, a lack because your body didn't even recognize that it ate food. <laughs> um, and then it blesses the body um, because he spoke that. He spoke a word of blessing on our food. That's that's his purpose is to bless us and then pleasure and he desires that we receive pleasure and uh, but that's in the context of um, submission to him. So as we're taking pleasure um, for ourselves, we're not going to receive it as a good thing. So all the other criteria may be true, but if we're taking it um, out of context in our, our relation, out of our relationship with him, um, then it's not going to bless the body uh, the way it would if we were receiving it as a gift. Um, and then acknowledging the gift. Um, I think Hebrews 13, 15 is where it says um, the fruit of lips who acknowledge his name. I don't remember the whole verse. But I, I noticed just as I paid attention to how I consumed, what I consumed and the context in which I was consuming it, the natural fruit of the lips was giving thanks. Um, and our family just repetitively just said, you know, this is a good thing. And that was a declaration of like his identity, his blessing. And, you know, thank you, Abba would come after like all of my children. Just that was just or that is um, it's a constant and repeating, not a habit. It's just 
it's a response to, to, to acknowledging, to seeing, identifying a good thing, something that's truly good, that can't, that's not lying to your body, is not trying to deceive you. It's offering the fullness and it's a generously offered gift. Um, and we just say, this is a good thing and, or thank you, Abba. And there's just a lot of that that happens just spontaneously just, <laughs> yeah. um, and I noticed that it's, it, it makes that Hebrews 13, 15 feel so substantial because of, um, it is a natural fruit, a product of living in that light. Like you see a tree bearing fruit and it's just, it's not trying to produce fruit. It's just putting it out because that's its response to the light and receiving what's, what the father's offering to that tree. <laughs> Yeah, well, that that is powerful. You know, nature. I think uh, the last couple of weeks, it's just you know, weeding in the garden will kind of make you think about you know, I have these uh, wild sunflowers are called cowpen daisies, but they kind of look like the sunflowers in Van Gogh's painting of the sunflowers. And um, or is it Van Gogh? I don't know. I shouldn't quote art because I don't know art. But, uh, <laughs> but that vase of flowers with the sunflowers. Somebody correct me. But um, but I've been fighting those in the garden, you know, and one head is so prolific and makes hundreds of seeds. And if you don't get that out of there, you just gave birth to a, a hundred <laughs> more. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and that, that's that, that's what I want um, my finances to be like. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, but yeah, nature does teach us, you know, he gave us uh, creation to teach us. And there's a mm -hmm. lot, um, a lot to learn from it. So, but, but if you are, if for some reason, if you just jumped into this, you know, we encourage you to uh, check out her book, While We Eat, where she talks more detail about, about this topic and, uh, and, and pray about it yourself. You may be convicted uh, about the things that we're eating in our Western diet. And many of us are waking up to the reality that uh, this Western diet, it's not been a good one. And I'm sure that you would attest that uh, you would agree with that, Karen. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, it's it's hard for me to say right now just because at the beginning of my journey with food, it was a lot of judgment and a lot of condemnation towards people who honestly are just ignorant and have... Um, yeah. received something handed down. Like, you know, all of us mm -hmm. has received what we've, that uh, has been handed down to us. And I, I really believe that the, the Lord made me a curious person by nature, one who wants integrity by nature. Like those are the, those are characteristics that he trained me to, to perceive integrity and desire it. And um, so it's, I want to be sensitive but at the same time, like when people are being lied to or, um, you know, m mistreated by the enemy because of, of just a lack of understanding, I want to do what I can to open eyes and try not to be dogmatic. It's, uh, it's hard to do, um, sometimes. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, uh, a tight rope to walk because, uh, you know, you can just dump all your seed out on someone and then, mm -hmm. you know, it just scares people away. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's not the point. You know, it's, I don't know. I think a lot of times we kind of forget that we came from that too. And so, oh, yeah. um, well, and you look at how Yeshua taught people. Yeah. And, and how, uh, how Yah through, through the story of the people in, uh, when he calls them out of Egypt you know, he, he doesn't give it to them all at once. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, they could not handle it. They could only handle little pieces at a time. And that's, that's how we, you know, that's how we are. And uh, we have to remember that when we tell other people that, uh, you know, it's just, it's a little bit by a little bit, you know, you mm -hmm. don't go to you know, and, and we get excited and it's easy to get carried away. Yeah. And I We've think, all done uh, guilty. Uh, we need to be careful. <laughs> We don't uh, deceive ourselves in thinking we've arrived. You yes. Know? Oh, absolutely. No. No. <laughs> yeah, that's a very easy to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. 
Did you have uh, more slides? Sure. Okay, sure. good. So we'll go on. So this slide in particular kind of talks about, you know, the what what we just kind of talked about about the, uh, the these foods that are sold to us as science, and and it's really just a version of the lie that was told in the garden, and you kind of kind of talked about that a little bit, and uh, then there's a um, I, I liked this quote. Um, that uh, anyone who attempts to sell health is a serpent oil salesman. Oh, yeah. Um, so tell me more what you mean. Um, whew, uh, the, the forked tongue uh, is something that he showed me not too long ago and how it is just the serpent. The nature of the serpent is to separate us from our um, our true master and um, protector. And I don't know where the phrase snake oil salesman came from, but I figured if I switched out and just said serpent, it would probably be like, oh, there's a, there's actually a, an enemy here. It's not that just the salesman. It it's it's yeah. not just the salesman. It's the enemy involved, mm -hmm. um, the slippery sneaky double-tongued salesman or the double-tongued serpent that's um you know it's his agenda <laughs> yeah, uh, so you know your friend family. who's trying to sell you a, a supplement may not realize you know that's mm -hmm. the agenda but at the same time if if we're buying health like it makes me think of the simon the sorcerer and how like um i don't remember if it's peter or Paul or somebody admonishes him, how dare you try to buy the gift of God with money? And yeah. so truly yeah. believing and affirming that health is a gift from the most high. Uh, it's not something that you're going to buy in a bottle. It's just not. <laughs> and yeah. even with all my pursuits of health, which was truly, a, I believe it's a pursuit of holiness because holiness is being one and at rest in the presence of the most high um and and experiencing his approval <laughs> um well I, I think one can argue that the pursuit of health the way many people do it becomes a religion in itself oh yeah yeah and uh you know and i can't tell you and you probably and i've can, been there yeah I, i've known a lot of people through the years who uh ran did marathons and dropped dead of a heart attack um at uh in their thirties or something. And they seem to be the tip, tip top of health. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and it's when you it see that the Lord is the, yeah, it's the Lord is the, the, um, the, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> I lost my word. The one who gives and takes life. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. There's really yeah. no, no way around well, and, that and i think there is so much to the food and and it's it's just another lie that uh, that we've been sold and we bought from man and we believe that somehow man could take something that Yah made perfect and uh, process it and do some things and it would be better and it never works that way does it mm -mm. no nothing nothing that man puts yeah. his hand on it, it doesn't no. get better so there was one that I really want to get to. So I liked what you said here about mental junk food creates the same kind of distress response as physical junk food. A simple plate, uh, no, a simple palate. Palate. Of, huh? Palate. Oh, sorry. In yes, the disease palate. of addiction, how can we be both holy and have no effective discernment or dominion over appetite? No desire to hear any reproof from Abba that might take away our list of entitlements. Love isn't fake. Our Father has never inscribed or spoken untruth. And you kind of kind of hit on that a minute ago, but talk, t explain this mental junk food. Um, <laughs> so I'll notice when my children will eat a, a meal of, but you know, if they're at a party and they have a piece of cake, uh, it'll be a minute before they're their normal selves again, just because their bodies are handling something that it's a burden, right? It's not easy for um, a child's brain to process that much sugar or any dye or whatever. Um, but I also, as I, as he was showing me my, my, um, my habits 
using social media or whatever were causing the same effect in my brain because I was responding very harshly to my children or um, just not being fully present and consuming, you know, whether I'm scrolling on Facebook or um, just (laughs) he called it shadow abuse um, instead of substance abuse because it's we're wanting a connection to others or, or a feeling of fullness in our in our um, minds and we start consuming information or gossip or whatever it is and um, at the time it's pleasurable Uh, but once you step away from that your body and your mind are reeling from being separated from um, truth and what is of life you know, if you're walking through your garden and harvesting vegetables and giving thanks, there's a whole lot different mental um, response from that than it is to, you know, sit in, in your house and entertain yourself for a while. Um, it's just, it's. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't satisfy. It's very interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's a yeah. it's a type of consumption that it's really easy to fall into because you're not ne- you're not eating you know, you know, you don't think of it as eating, but it is, you know, it's, it affects your mind in the same way that, um, food that isn't food, uh, will affect your body. Yeah. And I think that's, it's even, even though it's like real bad right now, I think with the screens everywhere, uh, if you've seen the, the goggles that just came out, I mean, that's, that's like, whole other level other level of constantly be in front of a screen your whole life is a screen you can see the the grooming into living by the screen you know and yeah it's it's designed it's to be very addictive. toxic yeah. yeah it's i i've seen a young d- child at a jump park the who I, I remember when I first, we don't watch movies, but when I, when my husband and I first got married, we watched a movie and I saw drug use for the first time because we grew up very fundamentalist. Um, so we didn't watch any movies, but I, and we were very sheltered from anything have, having to do with drugs. And I got, I felt so sick when I saw um, drug use for the first time. And when I saw this young, like teenage girl, she kept getting on her phone and the way that she acted was so similar to a drug addict. I was like, there's just no way that that's not true. (laughs) It's 100% as addicting as drugs. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, and um, I know you said you didn't watch TV, but there is a documentary about uh, um, that goes into how the theory behind it basically was a Skinner box and it was a dopamine reward and all the technology and all the phones and all of those things are driven by those old dopamine hits, the likes and the dings and the comments. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, that is like, just like cracking your brain. It's all designed mm-hmm. to yeah. and be the addictive. Book, the book speaks to that too, because I've been in that situation, in that, that repetitive cycle of needing to go back and check and it's still a battle like I want to be present to to um, connect with people online and not be fearful of -hmm. the phone Um, but I also it's still so easy to get stuck into a a repeating pattern of um, the the affirmation the feeling and, and not seeking the father for that what the fullness version mm-hmm. of, of what you're looking for. Like yeah, you're right, going yeah. to receive everything you need. If you just entered the presence of, of the father and just say, thank you for something and, and be, <laughs> be a bride in love, you know, just loving hearing from him and wanting his instructions to, to, to understand what he desires for that moment. Yeah. Well, and I think when we immerse ourselves in the technology, um, whatever it may be, we are in essence, you know, shunning him in that moment. In, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, we're like going, nah, done. Yeah, I just had the same exact thought today yeah. thinking about mm-hmm. like when I get on my phone and my children are in the room, like you're telling them your presence doesn't matter to me. Yeah. And that's yeah. exactly what you're telling the father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
and he's going to go, okay, well, I can see you're busy. Yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> the, the metaphor that came to my mouth, my mind at that time was like, how are you going to eat bread if your mouth is full of marshmallows? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's good. You can put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Yep. So, well, I had a few more uh, things that I wanted to hit on before we left. So, um, yeah. So the, just, um, you don't have to go back, but just, uh, to, uh, pointing back to the book, I think it's good that it's, you know, why we eat isn't just about the food we intake. It's, it's about the, what we put in our minds also. And, uh, I like that you go into those, those aspects of it also. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Well, I believe it's made to be like, that's the, I, I believe that's the reason that we eat is so that we can physically see and experience what he meant to do when the with the word like Mm -hmm. that's what we're made for is the word even over and above food but Mm -hmm. food is so distracting to us that we're not receiving the substantial like the substance yeah (laughs) we've we've turned the shadow picture into the thing itself it's like that's what i'm trying to say (laughs) yeah we've turned uh uh we've started worshiping the creation instead of the creator Mm, yeah and people do it with nature all kinds of things well, there's a section you write about the body, and you have this line here that says, what you consume becomes what you are made of. The food you eat becomes the flesh and blood you're made of. This is the parable. The word becoming light, becoming good news as we taste and enjoy his goodness. And then you talk about the Hebrew word for flesh, basar, also means good news. I hadn't. I don't think I'd heard that before. Have you, Jake? That's mm, not familiar to me right now. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a very revealing. Um, I didn't actually know that until this year, which is surprising because he taught me so much through um, the body, the way it responds to food, um, fitness training. Um, submitting to the yoke of Messiah. You know, he, he made parables out of the squat rack because that's something that I like to do is lift weights. Um, and like, you don't, you don't receive a tenacious faith by sitting on the sidelines or even showing up to the gym. And um, you, you receive it by submitting to, to the challenge and receiving strength from the tension and the food side of that is that as we receive the word um from the father you know direct um i I know without without really knowing all the science behind it i know that the food that i receive from my garden is more full of energy than the food that i can buy from the store just because of the time it's taken to get to me like i've i've heard of studies that say you know it, it begins to lose life as soon as it's cut off from its source. And so the best you can receive is directly from the father. Um, You know, as you submit to his word to cultivate food. And so, I mean, my desire is to do that, but um, even more so I want the word that I receive and the words that I absorb into my being to uh, be of truth and of life and if I'm filling up my mind with, you know, things that are not true and and good and right, then, you know, whether it's the most recent conspiracy or um, what they're saying about the virus or, you know, it could be news, it could be all sorts of things. That's that's also what's going to be a part of me. And um, that's what's going to come out of my mouth. Um, That's what's going to inform my actions and it's going to incite fears or, yeah, it's the same concept where Yeshua talks about out of the heart, the mouth speaks and uh, the same same kind of principle. The thing that I, that really caught me is I used to teach photosynthesis. You know, I taught science okay. for a long time. And uh, I had to tell teach me that. what my mistakes are. <laughs> and, and no, I know you nailed it. And, you know, okay. you, you nailed about the food chain and the food web and how energy gets passed down and. Uh, you know, the um, the base level plants receive the most energy, you know, the green plants and their little solar panels. And it, in fact, first off, it is absolutely amazing that these green plants can make glucose. 
And, uh, you know, that they can do that just with sunlight and that they all made them to do that. It's also baffling to me that we make all our solar panels black because <laughs> I'm like, I think they probably should be green because that's, that's what the leaves point. of the tree are. That's a good and point. so why mm -hmm. didn't they make them green? It's because they've never, whoever's <laughs> making the solar panels never grew a squash plant before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how prolific they were. So mm -hmm. let's see how big the solar panels on those are. That's right. That's right. And there's something very, you know, I hadn't really thought about that, but, um, but that's a very basic truth that we see in the plants about that direct conversion of energy from the sun, the S O N, you know, uh, gets mm -hmm. converted into the bread, you know, and, um, uh, that anyway, I just thought, thought you, you're really on to something there that I hadn't thought about before. Yeah. There's a whole chapter called the light and it's, he showed me some things about um, photosynthesis that I was kind of blown away. And I was in the middle of writing the book and I'm like, uh, I never thought about this. Like I'm, I'm going to have to study what I'm talking about. Cause I don't really know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the kidneys, the kidneys and, and how he says, I search the kidneys. Well, the yeah. kidneys are very responsible for how, how the body converts um, this, you know, the sunlight into vitamin D useful vitamin D. And, so if, as we live in the light, as he is the light, those that's what's that's what informs our minds and what we think about. Um, and so th those being cleansed by his light um, and continuously processing the blood, it, there's so much rich parable in yeah. that light. Well, and there's so much truth to that. And, you know, during this worldwide event that we all know that happened, but we won't say what it is. We all uh, but. <laughs> Um, you know, some of the things that were said were basically, you know, stay inside. And I kept going, mm. this is wrong. We no. should be outside. If it really is this thing, then one of the cures is going to be to be outside and expose yourself to sunlight. Um, mm -hmm. you're, it's going to help you. It's going to be a benefit. Just like you just said, you just said, said something about immersing yourself in his light or his word or something. But yeah, yeah, just like uh, every single other, you know, disease that has ever happened, sunlight's always usually better. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it always helps. I liked your line here about we are sheep, we have a shepherd, and we possess discernment. And 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 we were we raise Dorper sheep, and you know, um, if you've been around sheep or raised sheep, you kind of understand that uh, they they need a shepherd. And left to their own vices, they don't make good decisions. But uh, but I like <laughs> I like this part here about light-filled plants. You know, I hadn't really thought about that about the you know that we eat light-filled plants, and I really liked how you said that. And um, that's that's a good one. I'll, that's going to stick with me. And uh, before I forget, you know, I do have this uh, section that shows your website, and so if somebody wants to find out more about you uh, they can go to this is a good thing is it dot, dot one. one yeah and uh, they can find this and uh, you've got recipes and all kinds of information but uh, jake i think you had another question oh yes this is probably the most important question that you'll get how can I get involved in the tree climbing championships <laughs> where did i mention that I don't you, you didn't, but in my He's in my in my prolific research, oh, I saw they found they I found saw you. a an awesome video on YouTube about climbing my trees. Did you find was, my husband? Yes, it was amazing, mm. and I was like, I need to be doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually have a, um, tree, a big tree I need to cut down, and <laughs> probably next week. So, <laughs> yeah, he um, he started climbing when he was. 14 and um so that's just something his buddy and he kind of kept doing as they became more professional arborists and um it's a career it's a i think it's a fun and family friendly um very educational type of i don't know we you could look it up on the um isa i think is that the site um the ISA, you can look for your local chapters, um, tree climbing championship. When is the one in Texas? 
I don't know. Yeah, Not I had this never year, heard, probably. I had never even heard about it. And then I loved climbing trees growing up, and I stumbled on that, and I was like, oh, man, this is where it's at. And it did. It yeah. looked like a, a fun family event. and. You yeah, and on, it's useful. You know. It's not just like a sport. I'm not a huge fan of sports, but I love yeah. um, I love the community and that they're doing something fruitful. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. that was just an aside that I thought I thought that was really neat, and I wanted yeah. to bring it up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Well, Karen, um, so we have uh, so you've been published. Tell us a little bit about Deborah Publishing, who decided to publish your work. Um, Sarah, so I, I asked y'all to show me who I needed to find because I, um, you know, searching on my own, I was finding either secular or Christian and knowing the nature of the book that I had that he told me to write, I could not, um, imagine really that it would go over super well with Christianity, um, because he had shown me some of the, just the Western traditions and the Greek, uh, origins and I was just I, I didn't feel like Christian was gonna work um but or at least they would that they would want to work with me I don't know so he showed me her actually I think she she might have approached me on Instagram somehow like she liked to post I don't know I don't even know what it was but I just instantly her the name I knew what it meant because I I'm I love words. Hmm. I love words. And he has taught me so much just Hebrew out of desire, my desire to understand him. And so I was just like the word Deborim and um, that, that had, it felt substantial. (laughs) And so I, I sought her out and I called her and I feel like she was, I was only her fourth book or maybe, I don't know not i knew that i knew that she wasn't um had started yeah she was just getting started and i the verse that kept coming to mind was he can save by many or by few and like the things that that like it doesn't he doesn't need strength or a mighty army because he is he is the one. (laughs) So if it was supposed to go anywhere, it had nothing to do with me or her. It was him, you know, and, um, I, I felt like a kinship with her just because she's a mother and, um, the fact that I could email her anytime and, you know, tell her I made a mistake. Can you help me fix this? Um, Mm. that was really neat to have, um, just she was easygoing and not um i don't know <laughs> yeah, like she wasn't too professional she work. wasn't too over my head to where i couldn't understand yeah the process but she helped me move through things that i was way way too um i don't know uneducated i guess about the the process because yeah. honestly yeah. i I didn't research how to publish a book. I just, he told me to write it um, four years ago, actually. And it took me that long to really take it seriously. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Uh, she's a great publisher to work with. And um, if you have a, a story that, uh, that Yah has laid on your heart, uh, reach out to her and uh, let her know. And um, she, she might be able to help you um, put that, uh, put that together. So it's Deborah publishing and, um, she is uh, fantastic to work with. And we just wanted to make sure people knew about that. And, um, that once again, the name of the book is why we eat and it's by Karen Dunavant. Is that right? Dunavant. Yep. Dunavant. So, and, uh, Karen, um, we appreciate you taking time to be with us. Now, Jake, did you have something else or is that all the questions? You that had? was all my questions. I okay. ended with the, the most Karen, important one. Do you have any questions? <laughs> do you have any, uh, anything else you'd like to say at the end? Um, yeah, maybe, uh, point so. out where everyone can find your book and, and purchase yeah. it. And How do they buy oh. it? That kind of thing. Um, so I know Sarah has it on her website, Deborah Publishing, and I know it's on, um, Barnes and Noble. I kind of did a search myself today. So I know there's a few other pages that have it for sale. Um, 
but I personally don't have copies to send out right now. So unless I order more, I'm not probably, I don't know. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. on my, it's on my website and yeah. I can order yeah. more. Well, but. we would encourage everybody that uh, was in earshot of this to, uh, to consider buying the book and uh, maybe buying it for a friend and uh, letting them read it. And um, we think you'll be blessed because, uh, because the words that, uh, that God has given her here are powerful. And you can tell that uh, she's, she's pretty smart and got a pretty good grasp of, <laughs> of uh, some Torah understanding. And uh, in a short time, she's picked this up. And so, you know, that, that to me testifies that this is, this is beyond her and beyond her brain. And this is uh, the, the hand of Yah in her life. And, and uh, you know, he's, she's been given some download material, and, uh, which is pretty awesome. So, and when those things are downloaded, you have this uh, burning fire in your bones and you have to, you have to do it. So we appreciate yeah. you being obedient to that and not stuffing it or ignoring it. And that you had the boldness and the courage to, to put these words down. And we know that's going to benefit a lot of people. So I okay, pray that we, it does. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate your time and, and being willing to be on uh, with us at Sabbath lounge. And um, we just ask yeah, for you. y'all's continued blessing to, to be upon you and your family and your husband as he safely climbs trees. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. And he bless you too. All right. Well, thank right. you. Yeah. Thanks for coming thank on. Absolutely. All right. Well, Karen, stay on the line. I'm going to end the recording, but we'll still see you. So hang on just a second. And for the rest of you, this is Matt and, and Jake signing out. See ya.